What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Niche Radio. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Niche Radio, and I am your host, Kyle Nitchin. If this is your first time on this podcast, checking it out, just want to say thank you. Thanks for checking it out. Thanks for investing yourself personally and professionally. That's what this show is all about. We cover personal and professional development topics and anything related to getting better, doing more, learning more, and being more. And that's exactly what we talk about on this episode. We have another outstanding guest on the show and in this interview. And I'm very excited to announce and introduce you to Dre Baldwin. I actually met Dre probably about four years ago when I was living in Miami Beach, Florida. And we connected through the Toastmasters International Organization, which is, if you're not familiar with it, it's essentially a public speaking group that meets up on a weekly basis and works on their public speaking skills, their leadership skills, their listening skills, their critiquing skills, all very important stuff to learn on and to master that will only improve your situation. I'm actually still part of it today here in California. Dre has been blogging since 2005. He's been in the game for a long time and is one of the early adopters of the internet and publishing content. He started on YouTube and since then has published over 7,000 videos. He also has a daily podcast called Work On Your Game, which has over 1,400 episodes and over 3 million downloads. Speaking of public speaking and Toastmasters, which is how him and I originally connected, Dre is a phenomenal public speaker. He has given four TED Talks on discipline, confidence, mental toughness, and personal initiative and has also authored 25 books. One of the things that I really noticed and appreciated during our conversation is Dre's ability to draw the parallels from his past life in professional sports and also all the other industries in the world that we observe. He's able to articulate the principles that help make you succeed in that situation and communicate them to others in many other different situations so that we can all apply those same principles and apply them to whatever game we're working on. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And please help me welcome Dre Baldwin. Dre, thanks for coming on the show, man. Welcome. This is Niche Radio. This is a podcast on personal and professional development, which is, I'm very excited to have you. I've, I've admired your work that you've done online and through your books and through your podcast for a long time. So very excited for you to be here on the show. Thank you for spending some time. Man, I'm excited to be here. I really appreciate you uh, asking me to be on this show. So hopefully we can over deliver for your listeners, man. I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, yeah. So let's kick it off. Let's do like an origin story for you. I call it the origin story based on, you know, where you grew up, where you started and how you kind of you got to where you're at today. All right, great. Well, my background is I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, born and raised there. I live in Miami, Florida now. But I was always into sports. Uh, so starting out in sports, I played in the streets. We would play driveway, kickball, basketball, now and then a lot of football. 
And then my first sport that I tried to play, a team sport, was a football team in Philly. But my parents told me after about two weeks, we would practice with the team. And they said, hey, bring uh, your equipment now. I couldn't afford equipment. So now I played baseball for a few years. And it took me about four or five years of playing baseball to realize that I was trash at baseball. So I gave up baseball and I started playing basketball. The court was right next to the baseball field. And I stayed on the basketball court from that point forward. Didn't make my high school team until I was a senior. I was, a, I guess you call a late bloomer in basketball. Then I walked on to play college ball at the Division three levels where I finished out. Didn't even play my last year and a half of college ball due to a, a coaching change. I got lost in the shuffle there, but still was able to hustle my way into a nine-year career playing professional basketball overseas. While I was doing that, because my overseas career wasn't always a smooth ride. I wasn't always able to stay employed. I started putting more content on the internet more strategically. I started to build an audience. That audience asked for more stuff from me, so I started creating products. So I became an entrepreneur about 10 years ago while I was still playing professional ball. So I was actually an entrepreneur and playing pro ball at the same time for about five years. And five years ago, 2015, I stopped playing professional ball and I've been a full-time entrepreneur ever since. So that's interesting. So it was like uh, sports and, and the journey to become a professional athlete kind of started later in life, it, right. it sounds like. And that's when the work on your game was born overseas. Is that correct? Well, the work on your game brand, it was actually born, well, it would have been great for it to be, have been overseas, Kyle, but what happened was, this was probably about 2009, so I had just finished playing in, I was in Germany before this, and it was early 2009, so it was around January time period when if I had been an employed professional basketball player, I would have been overseas, but at that time, I was an unemployed pro basketball player looking for a job. So I was actually in 24-hour fitness in uh, Cutler Bay, Miami, all the way down the southern tip of the city. Yeah. And I was working out at probably about 2 o'clock in the morning. It was a 24-hour fitness. And I always, by this point, I always had this little camera with me. And this is before we had cameras on the phones. So I had a camera with me, and I would always just keep it with me just in case I came up with an idea because I saw that this, this YouTube thing was really starting to become something. And I was just thinking about all the questions I'm getting online up to that point from a lot of basketball players. They would ask me, Dre, can you give me some tips? Can you give me some advice? Can you give me some help? Advice, help, and tips. Those are three words I kept hearing. And I thought to myself, you know, the reason why these players are having these problems is because they are spending more time on YouTube watching me than they're actually getting on the court and doing what I'm doing, which is actually working on your game. So I made this video where I told these players, listen, the reason why you're having trouble, the reason why you keep not making your team, the reason why no players are respecting you, the reason why nobody passes you the ball is because you're on YouTube watching me or you're playing Xbox or you're standing on the corner instead of working on your game. So what you need to do is turn this off, X out the little video, and go work on your fucking game. That was the actual phrase that I used, work on your fucking game. And yeah. I wasn't trying to brand that or anything. I was just talking off the top. And people loved that phrase. So they started repeating it back to me, and I said, hey, I should – I can make my whole brand around this. So, and that's what I did. That's sick. So yeah, let's transition to your brand. Yeah. The work on your game empire. You know, you published 11 books, over 1400 podcasts, which is crazy, by the way, is very impressive. What are the core principles of, of work on your game? Sure. And I've, I got uh, 26 books now, Kyle, and 1500 oh, podcasts. <laughs> it's all good. My but, bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with uh, work on your game, the four core principles are discipline, confidence, mental toughness, and personal initiative, and how you can take those same tools that are necessary to succeed in sports and how you can apply them to your business and your life. Mm, awesome. And one of those chapters in your book that I found 
very important was cardio for your mind. And I don't think a lot of people think, you know, they, they understand the concept of going to work out your body, working out your muscles. But from my experience, the mind is the ultimate muscle. The is, right. is, the, is the ultimate muscle. But how do, you, how, do you, how do you explain to people how to work out your mind? Well, it's like this. In sports, especially a sport like basketball, we would always have these cardio workouts. And I mean, anybody knows cardio. I mean, you go to the gym, you get on the treadmill, you go run outside, you ride your bike. Everybody knows about cardio. The thing with cardio is people think uh, falsely that if you do enough cardio or if you're in great cardiovascular shape, that means that you'll never get tired but that's not actually the truth. The purpose of doing cardio, like personally, since I stopped playing basketball, I like to run outside. The purpose of doing cardio is not that you will never get tired. It's to strengthen your lungs and your heart and your body so that when you hit a point of fatigue, because if I was to take you outside and make you do 10 sprints up and down the block, anybody's going to feel fatigued. The best athlete in the world will feel fatigued. The difference between the person who is well-conditioned and the person who is not is the well-conditioned person might need 30 seconds of rest before they can start sprinting again. Whereas the not well-conditioned person is going to need 30 days of rest before they can go sprinting again. So when it comes Mm -hmm. to cardio for your mind, it's the exact same thing. Being in great mental shape does not mean that you don't have bad days, that you don't face setbacks, that things don't happen, that you're never pissed off, that you don't get angry at anyone, that you don't ever have moments of frustration. These happen to everybody. The difference with the person who is well-conditioned mentally is that they're able to get over it in 90 seconds or five minutes, whereas the poorly conditioned person is still using the same setback as an excuse five years later, and they've never gotten over it and haven't advanced past that point. So that's what mental cardio is about. And that was the very first chapter of the book. So I'm glad you noticed that, Nick. Awesome. That kind of leads into something that you talk about and I love talking about is is mental toughness how do you develop mental toughness in the modern world like for mod- what does modern world mental toughness look like well the way that i define mental toughness is your willingness and ability to stay disciplined meaning showing up and doing your job and confident meaning you believe in yourself and you keep believing in your plan and your strategy even when that discipline and confidence has yet to produce the desired outcome so how you build mental toughness in life is you have to put yourself in a some, somewhat challenging situation, situations that are going to force you to stretch yourself, situations that are probably not always going to work out perfectly the first time or maybe even the 10th time that you try, situations that will cause most people or maybe the average person, we could say, to just quit, to stop trying, to just turn around and go back to where they came from, simply because they don't want to deal with the mental challenge of everything not working in their favor. Like most people in life are not willing to keep trying at something that's just not working for them. If it doesn't work the first time, they're not going to try it all. And actually, a majority of people, Kyle, don't even try the first time. They think about it, and then they think themselves out of it before they even get to the first attempt, so they never actually do anything. So it's a, it's a great tragedy of life that some people never just put the effort forth to get to where they want to get to because they don't have the mental toughness to fight through the inevitable challenges of going after something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, for the listeners on this podcast tend to be the millennials, younger men and women, ambitious. What about for those people that don't really know what the worthwhile thing to do is? Right. What would you recommend for, th- for that? If they're trying to figure out 
what that yeah if they're trying to figure out they they know they want to you know succeed personally professionally but they're kind of just analysis paralysis let's see that's a common question that i get and and i would like your opinion on that analysis paralysis what that person needs to do is you got to get out there and try things out you have to find out you got to as we say, get in where you fit in, but you have to figure out where you fit in by trying things out and seeing what works for you. As I told you uh, briefly in my brief origin story, I started out playing sports in the street. Then I tried to play football. That didn't work. Tried to play baseball. That didn't work. Basketball. At first it didn't work. It didn't work for several years, but I kept at it because I could feel that this is the thing that I could do. And if basketball hadn't worked, then I would have kept trying things. So I found the right thing in that area. Business the exact same thing. We'll probably get to that uh, later on in this conversation. So you have to get out there and just see what's out there in the world. What could I possibly be interested in? What are some things that I could expose myself to, to see if this is the place that I want to be? One thing that parents can do for their kids is, and usually parents will do this, is they'll have their kid try every sport, right? You have your kid do karate and then do swimming and do basketball and then do football and then do soccer. And you have your kid try all these sports. One, usually parents want to keep their kids active to burn off that energy, but also so that the kid can see these are all your possibilities. And hopefully, I don't have children, but hopefully parents are nowadays exposing their kids to the internet, exposing them to maybe learning how to code, exposing them to, they're exposing themselves probably to social media and TikTok and maybe they can do that or YouTubing or whatever it is. But you, as a, hum- as a human, as an adult, you need to expose yourself to as much different stimuli as possible so you can see what's out there. A lot of people end up keeping themselves in a box in their life, Kyle, not because they want to be in a box, but because they are not aware that there's life outside of the box. They don't even know what else is going on. They don't even know these things are available to them. So, and the internet makes it, it kind of is a double-edged sword. The internet will allow you to explore and see damn near anything that's happening in the world. But at the same time, when people kind of find a comfortable space in the internet, they pretty much stay there and don't even see all the other things that are available to them in the space. I mean, I see this every day. So mm-hmm. for the person who's trying to figure out, you know, where is your place? What is your path in life? You should be out there exploring things, talking to people, reading stuff or watching stuff that is different from what you're used to. What makes it difficult for adults to do that is the older we get the more hardened our habits and routines become and we're not as willing to try new things because we think that's not, you know, that's not the grown up thing to do. Kids yeah. will do it all day, but adults will not. Yeah. Yeah. I find that too. I see that we get a lot more rigid when uh, we grow older and set in our ways. Exactly. That's great. Very well said. Thank you. So we mentioned, you mentioned about the internet and getting exposure to things in life and in business. So nowadays in 2020, everyone can have access to the internet and everyone can create like a personal brand and and create content, put things out there. Would it be beneficial for people to start creating content and putting more intention into their online identity nowadays? Like I know you're, you're big into publishing and, and, and marketing. So what do you, what are you seeing out there for branding 2020? Yeah, I think, well, more and more people are jumping into that pool. I think a lot of people are, and it's funny, on the heels of the last question you just asked me, Kyle, a lot of people are jumping into the pool of branding or trying to build their online presence on the internet as whatever it is that they're going to be because they see that that's open, is an open lane. I think another reason people are doing it because it looks 
pretty simple, looks easy. Some people can make it look easy. It's something you can do from home. You don't ever have to actually talk to a person. <laughs> you don't have to shake somebody's hand, which can be uh, nerve wracking for a lot of human beings, a lot of adults, yeah. especially. So yeah. I think a lot of people are jumping into it, maybe not for the right reasons. I think some people are going into it and they're finding their space and doing their thing. But I don't think everyone who's jumping into it is doing it for the right reason because they're not quite sure what they're doing or where they're going with it. And hey, maybe you'll find it as you keep doing things, but you do have to be active to see, you know, to see where your space is going to be. So is there a lane? The lanes are wide open for people to get in if you can offer something that people want, but that's really the brand is, what are you offering that people want? If you can answer that question and you can become the only answer or at least one of a few answers, then that's mm-hmm. where you can have uh, you can find some potential for yourself, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, those are very important skills. So, in 2020, and now after this whole thing with COVID and coronavirus, and everything's kind of seems to be accelerating to to move online. Things are moving online quickly. You know, people are working re- more remotely. What are some of the top skills that you think are relevant? to today's society, today's business world? What are those big skills that you think are valuable in the market? The biggest skills that will be valuable in the market now, in the past, and moving forward, no matter what changes come, are soft skills, or some people call them people skills. Your ability to have a conversation with another person, your ability to build rapport, your ability to just communication skills and communication now, a lot of people don't understand that communication is not just talking. It's also listening. It's uh, reading. It's hearing what is not being said. It's noticing people's body language. This is, I'm talking about in, in person because as the saying goes, uh, 85, 95, whatever number is, the high number percent of communication is nonverbal, right? And a lot of people don't know how to read the nonverbal communication on other people simply because we're on these devices all day and all we get are the words. And we're not really paying that much attention to other people as we could. But any person out there who has soft skills, those people skills, the kind of skills that make another person feel seen and heard and appreciated, that person will always have an opportunity because every human being has a need to be seen, heard, and appreciated. So anyone who has that ability, if you just have that, you don't even have to have the actual technical skill of the job. If you have that, you will always find an opportunity for yourself and they'll train you on the technical skills. But there are so few people who have those soft skills that will always be in demand no matter what happens technologically, virus-wise, medically. Those skills will always be in demand. We need that. Love that. Love that. Very well said. And that, that's how we met. We met at a Toastmasters. You were, you were the president of the Miami Beach Toastmasters Club at the time. And um, I, I want to bring this up because because I've actually got back into Toastmasters as of recently. I'm getting ready to do my third speech in a couple of weeks and oh, really? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's like I delivered like my second speech and I like had like a, re- a revelation, like seeing like, oh, wow, these skills can, can go somewhere. I mean, become very valuable just from a public speaking and, and a leadership perspective. Can you talk a little bit about those skills, how Toastmasters has kind of opened up your world and brought you to the next level? Yeah. So Toastmasters, I found out about, actually, I was playing, this was 2014. So I knew that I was pretty close to winding down my pro basketball career. I was playing pickup basketball at 
the University of Miami. I knew some guys who had an in at the university. So we're playing pickup. And these are guys, these are not with the students. These are older guys. And I was, this is a guy I knew. He's a seven-foot-tall chiropractor, believe it or not. And we're sitting <laughs> on the sideline while another game is going on. And I was just talking to him. He was asking about myself. And I said, yeah, I'm about to stop playing pro ball and, you know, move on and see what I'm going to do next. And he was like, well, what's, what are you going to do? I said, I want to get into professional speaking. He was like, oh, have you heard of Toastmasters? And I said, I heard of it, but I didn't know what it was. And he told me it was a place where people go and they, you know, do public speaking and they can learn and train and things like that. I said, all right, cool. Let me look it up. So I was living in South Beach at the time. So I looked up the club. The closest one was in Miami Beach at the Botanical Garden. I went to the very next meeting, joined the club. And when I first, the first meeting that I went to, I saw people just coming up there and just giving speeches about whatever they wanted. I said, I can do that. I had been online for many years at this point. I've been online for almost 10 years at that point doing videos and things like that. So I knew I could stand in front of a room and there wasn't even that many people there that day. There's maybe 10 people there and give yeah. a speech. I could do this easily. And the reason why I even wanted to go to Toastmasters is because I thought incorrectly, but I'll tell you why it was a benefit anyway. I thought incorrectly yeah. that Toastmasters was a place where you could launch your professional speaking career. That's not really what Toastmasters <laughs> was, but it was still a good thing because I went to a meeting and I remember my first speech I just introduced myself and said who I was. Again, I had a speaking experience, so I wasn't so like a brand new speaker, but there was a guy in the room. He actually happened to be a professional athlete as well. His name was Philip Buchanan. He played in the NFL for the Miami Dolphins, Raiders, several teams. And he approached me after my speech and he said, I didn't even know who he was. Because, you know, football players, they had a face mask, so you don't even know what their faces look like. Yeah. He introduced himself and I knew the name, but I didn't know his face. And he said, hey, I am a former athlete, too, and I want to be a professional speaker, too. This is happenstance. I'm about to go to this conference where there are going to be a bunch of speakers. You should come. I couldn't go to the conference with him because I had a prior engagement. But he said, anybody I meet, I'll give you their info. He gave me the info to one person, and that woman was a professional speaker, a very well-known, very active professional speaker. Her name was Donna. I mentioned her in my book and the chapter on mentorship. And she actually became my mentor for professional speaking. And so this all happened through Toastmasters, quote unquote, even though Toastmasters was not set up for that particular thing. But that's the kind of stuff that happens. You know, the, the universe will align and help you out when you take initiative. I mentioned speaking, this seven foot chiropractor said Toastmasters. I went to the next meeting. I signed up and you know, paid the little membership fee for Toastmasters, gave the speech and said, this is why I'm here and this is what I want to do. And then the luck started happening. But I want people to understand that I took initiative about five times before the luck occurred. Yeah, that's huge. Huge distinction there. Showing up, being present, and taking initiative. Absolutely. So I want to shift gears a little bit to a question that I'm really actually excited to talk to you about. And that's uh, because I'm in the construction industry. I've built buildings. I've built hospitals. I've built uh, hotels, you know. And I see you, you're posting a lot of content out there about construction sites. We know when you, you take a video of a construction site and you're drawing parallels from the, the, the activities in the construction site, saying things like one day at a time, everyone's got a job, you know, you're drawing these parallels from what's going on there and bringing them into life, which I've done a lot of that too as well. But what are you drawing? What kind of parallels are you drawing between what you see in construction? It's a great question. Well, uh, Kyle, you've lived in Miami, so you know. In Miami, there's a lot of construction going on. Over the last five years, there's just so many buildings being built, especially in like the downtown business district area. 
So the first time I did that, I think it was 2016, I was watching. They had just laid the, you know, this building. They had just laid the foundation. They hadn't even, they had just cleared the area. It was all dirt for a building called the Brickle Flatiron in 2016 in Brickell in Miami. And now the building is already open. It's 65 stories with a pool on the roof. But at this time, it was just, I remember when that building site used to be a parking lot. I've been in Miami long enough to remember. And I remember they had just, you know, how they wall off the, I don't know what you call that. There's a technical term, how they just wall off the building site, but they haven't actually done anything yet. So yeah, I remember yeah. walking by it, right? And they had the signs up with the construction companies and all that. And I remember saying on my, this was Snapchat at the time. This is before Instagram stories that even come out. So <laughs> yeah. on Snapchat, I posted it and I said, like, all y'all see this, this is going to be a building. This is going to be a building in a couple years, but understand you got to lay the foundation. They got to lay the foundation first. And this is the most important part of the building. Now I don't work in construction. So if I'm wrong on this, Kyle, you can check me. But I said, this is the most important part of the building. The part that goes underground, underneath, nobody will ever see it again besides the people who built the building. But all the pretty stuff on top can only exist if the foundation is strong enough. And that's what I was saying on the Snapchat. And I remember people would respond to my snap like, Dre, you make content out of everything, LOL. (laughs) And I was saying that that is exactly what I do. But I noticed these things and I've trained my brain to find a way to connect everything that I see and experience back to my main areas of expertise. Because, I mean, that's where the content comes from. You can't create, uh, write books and make content every day if you're not not getting things from the outside world. I'm not just this genius that's coming up with all this by myself. I see these things. So when I saw that building being built, it was the foundation. And I'm like, that's exactly what it is. And then about a year later, Kyle, I moved into a building that was right next to that construction site. So literally Mm -hmm. every single day I would come out on my balcony and I watched that building get built. If I was to go through my Instagram and Snapchat stories, I could show you a video of that entire building from the zero all the way up to the finished building, literally. Because every day I would either take a picture or a little video and show look at these people building this building literally from the ground up and it's literally one day at a time. And the Mm -hmm. first principle of work on your game is discipline, showing up every single day to do your job. The thing about those construction guys, there's hundreds of them working on that site, but every single day they all know what their job is. Everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to do. I don't think, again, I'm not in the construction world. So Kyle, you can check me. I don't think any construction worker shows up to the site one day and says, hmm, I wonder what, we, what am I going to do today? They know exactly what they're supposed to do, how they're going to do it, when they're going to do it, why they're doing it, and when they stop. They know exactly what their job is so everyone can be held accountable. And when every individual is doing their job and we put it all together, eventually you get this beautiful building and everybody, most people don't even think about these things. But I think about this kind of stuff because – know the background and where I came from people have to understand it is showing up every day and doing your job is what gets the job done and I wake up really early in the morning so when I'm out running or if I'm walking to the gym I see these construction guys coming to work it's four or five in the morning they're just pulling up to work and then I take a walk in the evening and I see them going home and I'm like this is this is it this is the job but most people don't want to talk about that because not sexy it's not exciting it's nothing you know it's nothing influencer about it it's but this is the job and a lot of people don't understand that being a professional is not the Instagram posts or standing next to a car or any of those things. It's showing up every day and doing the work when there's nothing Instagram worthy of the job, but you have to be, that's the part that you got to do. That's the meat and potatoes that makes you a professional. It's not the show off part and the trophies that make you a professional. Cause if that's all it was, everybody would be doing it as we said. 
So yeah. that's how I got that whole, that one day at a time. I love watching those buildings being built because I like watching that progress. Every yeah. day, everyone doing the job and eventually you got to finish product. Love it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the foundation, like you said, yes, very, the, the most important part, it's the structural integrity of everything pretty and everything fancy that goes on top of it. And yeah, to take that a step further, I've been drawing a lot of parallels from the construction industry because, you know, I live it and breathe it every day. To take that a bit further is that building a worthy life and a a big, beautiful life, kind of like a big, beautiful project in the construction world, as for me, a, a contractor, a builder, we don't build anything without plans, without specs, without a schedule. Like we won't do anything without a plan, spec or schedule. And it goes, you know, it transfers that, that kind of system and mentality transfers into life. Like I feel like you have a lot of people out here living with no design. They have no design of their life. They have no plans. They have no, no blueprints to go off of. So they're out just, Oh, what am I going to, you know, what am I going to build today? You know? So I take that construction mentality, the process of building a building you got your architect, you got to be the architect and you got to be the contractor. You got to be the designer and then you got to be the builder showing up every day. So that's super cool. All right. So let me ask you, when it comes to construction, is there, yeah. is, is it even possible that the, the work begins on a construction building and the building does not actually happen because everything's planned down to the detail, right? Every single thing. Every single thing's planned to the detail. And so when it comes time to where the contractor, the builder, the worker, whatever, that's putting the work in place, they have a question or something's not, not adding up, or maybe there's a little issue, then they stop, they go back to design, they rethink it, and then they sign it off, move forward, put it back into plans and go back into the building process. Right. A lot like life, you know, you go down, you know, your goals change, your things change, you know, an event pops up, an unforeseen condition pops up. What do you got to do? You got to stop, reevaluate, restructure, go back to design, design it, get back to work, you know, build it. Right. So that, what you just explained there, that goes back to the question you asked me earlier about branding and people jumping into the online space. One thing, what you just said. A lot of people jump into that space, but they don't have a plan. They don't have a strategy. So they just get into it and they start maybe posting content and doing this and doing that, but they don't know where they're going or why they're going there. There's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing. And then all this time goes by and they put out all this effort and energy, but they can't, they don't have a tangible result because there was no plan in place. And me, I'll even admit, I'm not that big of a planner. I'm not a planning guy, but I, this year, one of the things that I said to myself, I really need to get more strategy into what I'm doing because I know I have value, but for me to get maximum impact out of it, I really need to put some more strategy into my business. So I've invested a lot of time this year into putting strategy behind my business. Even a basketball player, same thing, would say, Dre, I practiced every day for six months. I haven't gotten any better. How is that possible? And so it's mm-hmm. probably because you don't know what the hell you're doing. There's no way you can practice every day for six months and not get better. Yeah, it makes sense. But if there's no strategy, then you're not going to get a result. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Let's go into leadership. What does being a leader mean to you? What being a leader means, it means going first. It means being a person whose actions inspire other people to step their own game up. And it means being the type of person that other people want 
to follow you just because of the example that you set, the energy that you have. They want to get on the same wavelength that you are on, you know, as opposed to a boss who you do what they say because they told you to, but a leader, you do what they say because, or you do what they're doing because you want to. Mm-hmm. And what about for new leaders out there? Like say you just join a, a basketball team, a, mm-hmm. you know, football team or, or a new company and you're, you're a new leader. Maybe you don't have much exposure to a leadership role or leadership position, but I don't think that doesn't mean you can't be a leader. What do you say for those people? What are some focus points if they're new in a leadership position or they want to move up into a leadership position? The most important thing is leadership is earned. It is not given. So leadership is not a job title. Leadership is not a certain amount of years in service. Leadership is what you do, how you do by example on a consistent day-to-day basis. If you want to be a leader, because I get a lot of athletes who reach out to me and ask me, how can I be more of a leader on my basketball team, my football team? The way you become a leader is not by giving a speech or having the right words. You become a leader by the actions that you take every single day. And when you're consistent in that, eventually the people around you will notice that you're showing up every day. You're getting the job done every day. They'll be magnetized towards you. They'll start coming around you simply because they see the way that you're showing up. And that's what makes you a leader. And then at that point, if you want to, you can start to vocalize what you want to vocalize. But you don't have to speak at all to be a leader. I mean, look at animals. They can form leaders in their packs all the time. And it's not because somebody gave a speech. It's because that person might be the biggest or the strongest or the most effective at whatever the job happens to be. And then everyone begins to follow them. So how you become a leader, it is earned every day. Even if you come into a job and you're handed the manager title because of maybe your background or where you went to school, you got a certain degree. Don't come in there thinking that people are going to follow you just because your, your nameplate says manager. They're not. People don't follow a boss. People follow a leader. We obey a boss. But if you want to be followed, you have to be a leader. And that is what you do by example. And it's what you do. It's not what you say. People can't follow you if you're not going anywhere. So where are you going? What's the direction that you're taking? Again, you can show that through your actions without saying a single word. And that's when people start following you. If nobody's following you, it doesn't matter what title you have or how much money you're making, you are not a leader. Mm-hmm. What about confidence? Confidence is... Uh little buzzword out there. How can people get more of it? Well, confidence is a definition of confidence is a belief in someone's ability to do something. So the simplest way to develop confidence is to work on your game, to actually be disciplined and practice and put the time in to actually be good at what you're doing. So whatever Mm -hmm. someone's trying to be confident at, depending on what that role is, do the work in the background, get the information, read the books, read the manuals, or talk to the people who have come before you, get the information from the right places. And if it comes to something that you actually have to perform, then you got to get your reps in, as we say in sports. You got to get your reps in, and basketball is getting shots up. So getting those reps in means you have to get the experience, meaning you got to put yourself into the arena where you might not look so great the first time. You might fail the first time. Like you mentioned Toastmasters earlier, Kyle. I mean, people come to Toastmasters. I'm sure you've seen they're out there where you are. And even back in Miami, sometimes people would get up on that stage and they would freeze up. They forget what they were going to say. They were telling their own life story and they forgot it, right? But this is what happens when you are getting your repetitions. You have to go through those in order to make yourself better. And that's where the confidence comes from. Confidence does not mean that you know everything's going to go perfect or even that you are perfect. It's knowing that you've been through the storm of things not being perfect. 
you've been through those situations of things not working out, but you also know that you have done the work. The best way to build confidence is to do the work. If you've done the work, then you have no reason to doubt yourself, and then you are best setting yourself up to perform. Excellent. That's awesome. Health and fitness. Health and fitness is a big topic on the podcast, and I know you're an athlete. I'm an athlete. What does physical practice look like for you usually, maybe, yeah, nowadays, and how does that play a role in how you lead and how you go about your business? Well, outside of now without basketball, my physical workouts, I still work out every day or at least six days a week. I may take a Sunday off, but I like to run now. So that's my, that replaced the basketballs. So I'll go running probably three times a week. I've done the Miami marathon twice. I've done every race in between. So 5k, 10k, half marathon. I've done all of those. I want to mm-hmm. do another one. I think I can win a 10k. I think I'm going to try to win one this year. If they had a race. Hell yeah. Year. Yeah. I think I can win. At least I can win my age group. Let me say, I'm not going to win the whole race, but I can win my age group. And besides that, I lift weights the other three days a week. Now the gyms have been closed now, so I can't even go to the gym. So I just do some stability, like body weight work at home now on a yoga mat. I do yoga every day. I meditate every day. So that's what my physical fitness routine is. My sport is to just get out there and run and you know, try to race people out in the streets. They don't even know it's a race, but I, it's a race to me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. What is it? What does your meditation practice look like? Well, I use the Calm app on my phone mm-hmm. and I just, I play that usually while I'm doing in the mornings while I'm getting ready for the day. Cause the first thing I do every day is uh, yoga and yeah. I use the Calm app while I'm doing yoga. And then later on the day after I work out, I take a walk and then I come back home and then I use the meditation app for another 10 minutes. Sometimes I do that while I'm looking at my you know, I keep a folder with all my like goals and lists and I guess what some people call a vision board, but mine's digital. So things like that. I do that for 10 minutes and that's it. So the whole day, probably 30 to 40 minutes using that. What does that do for you? Does that just like calm your mind, center your mind or like kind of like get the shit out or like how does that work for you? Exactly. So when I start the day using the Calm app, that's the first thing that I, first thing I'm hearing all day is that. So when I wake up, I use the, people have different types of journals that they do. So I just have a document in my, in an app in my phone. So I'm documenting how I slept, how I'm feeling when I wake up. I write out things that I'm thankful for. I write out uh, what are my commitments that I'm making for the day. And then I have a list of my wins for the day. Now, of course, I can't write those out when I first wake up. But during yeah, the day, I yeah. keep coming in there and I note those down. For example, I'll note, hey, I did Kyle's podcast today. I'll note that as a win. So write down all the things that I see as successes through the day. And with the meditation, the reason why I open the day with that is because studies have shown the first 10 minutes of your day and the last 10 minutes of your day have a huge effect on the rest of your day and on the next day. So the last 10 minutes, that's what your brain is going to be marinating on while you're sleeping. So that's why you don't want to watch a scary movie or argue with your significant other before you go to bed. And then when you wake up, the first thing your mind is empty because it hasn't been, your conscious mind hasn't been working while you were sleeping. So now that's going to set the tone for the rest of your day. So I try to steady and calm myself when, while I'm doing my yoga. I try to not to think about anything. I try to not think about anything, just doing my yoga and focusing on my breathing to just keep my mind steady and calm. And then I can go into my workout and then maybe I'll probably start listening to some music podcast, whatever it is that is going to be, but it just calms me down and centers me for the day. That's the reason I use the meditation. Very cool. 
All right, man. Well, we're getting ready to hit that time limit. What other projects are you working on? Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Man, well, I'm always working on something. But I will tell people that if they want to get a free copy of my book, The Mirror of Motivation, I think I have it right here. Mirror of Motivation, The Self-Guide, The Self-Discipline. This book I made available free because I want to get it into the hands of as many people as possible. You just take care of the shipping. I pay for the book. You take care of the shipping. I wrote this book so that people can really start being who they truly need and want to be so that they can start doing what they really need to do and they can have the life that they want to have, which means... They can stop. There's a lot of people I see out here drifting through life. They don't really have a plan like we talked about. They don't have a purpose. They don't know where they're going. There's no strategic direction. I wrote this book so that you can look in the mirror and get it. That's why the book is called The Mirror of Motivation. It's not me motivating you. It's me showing you how to motivate yourself because that is is a repeatable, duplicatable action. Me motivating you is not repeatable and duplicatable. You can't always call me and get help. You can always call on yourself. So you can get that book by going to mirrorofmotivation.com. The book is already paid for. You take care of the shipping, mirrorofmotivation.com. That's great. That, I was actually, one of my questions for you was like, what can a listener do in the next 24 to 48 hours to like move forward personally and professionally in, in their life? And it sounds mm-hmm. like that is the, the first thing is to like get your why straight, get your, get your purpose straight, look in the damn mirror. So I'll link that up on the show notes and, and, and get, get that in the hands of more people. If anyone in the audience wants to touch base with you, ping you on anything that you talked about in this interview, where, where can people reach you? Where can people find you on the internet? Instagram. I'm on all the social media platforms. But my Instagram is at Dre Baldwin, one word, my full name. But I'm on everything. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on YouTube. I'm on, only thing I'm not on is TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. But I'm on everything else. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We'll get that linked up. Well, man, in closing, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. That's Absolutely. amazing content and, and doing you're doing an amazing job out there. It's really inspiring a lot of people. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Kyle. I hope your audience got a lot of value out of this. So anyone listening got value, definitely reach out to me and let me know. Yeah.